If you're an entrepreneurial public servant, this podcast is for you. Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. And today we are changing up the interviews. And we have a special guest, MCFA's newest partner and employee, Emma Siciliano. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks. Happy to be here. We're excited to have you. And we're excited to have you on the MCFA team. Thanks, dude. Um, For all of our listeners, um, we talk a lot about how junior hires bring in a different level of energy, a different perspective. Uh, they're fresh out of school where some of the bleeding edge technology or software or better, smarter, faster ways to do things uh, are being taught and talked about. Uh, and let's face it, they're also implementing technology at a faster pace than corporations can take it on. So I wanted to bring Emma on to talk a little bit about her view of the world. She recently graduated from University of Louisville. Let's see if I can say that right for all our Louisville people. Uh, She's a major in marketing. She had an opportunity over the last almost 10 months to work with a, as a store manager for Stellaval. And she can tell us a little bit about that um, in, in the jewelry business. And now she comes to MCFA to help us uh, push push our marketing to the next level, in particular in the social media realm. So Emma, like we start all shows, it's Discover. Tell us a little bit about you, where you came from and how you landed here at MCFA. Okay, cool. Um, So like you said, I just graduated school. I know you because I'm your next door neighbor. Got so lucky with that one. So we've been family friends for maybe five plus years. Um, I have been working kind of like the jewelry fashion industry and I've learned a lot, which is great, but I've also kind of learned that I want to switch it up a little bit. You know, I think one thing that millennials, like I guess I'm a Gen Zer, so Gen Zers aren't afraid to do is kind of like switch up their job position if they're not like happy with what they're doing. So that's kind of what I was doing. I wanted to learn more um, and then also kind of like practice what I'm learning because I'm one of those people that I feel like you learn by kind of like making mistakes, growing, having new opportunities and experiences. So I've learned a lot about social media through um, my previous company because they were really big on it with the jewelry and like marketing to millennials you find that their competition's high and there's um, a lot of people in the market. So you have to market yourself to sell your story. So I think that's part of the reason why I um, was kind of like appealing to BJ is I kind of know a little bit about that and he wants to help build his socials on all platforms, um, kind of make it more cohesive, bring everything more together because they're doing so many great things within their company. They're just like, not really talking about it. And I want to show everyone what they're doing. So 
there's so many places to go with this because um, first of all, let's let's separate out what Gen Zs and millennials are. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know? Yeah, I don't make the age group for millennials. That's why I'm not one. Okay, what is what are Gen Zs known for? We're going to do this on the fly. Eric, our producer, might be doing some research. She didn't know she was getting put to work today. Um, I think Gen Zers are known for, like, millennials changed a lot of things. I think most prominently, like, in the workforce. And they kind of made employers see that their employees wanted benefits outside of pay. They wanted, like, a better work-life balance. And I think Gen Zers are kind of, like, continuing with that. And... I think that they're also less afraid to start their own companies. That would be like a common trend that I kind of see. It's like, if I don't like the way you're doing it, I can use social media and um, kind of do my own thing. And I think it's proven to be really successful through social media. You see like the TikTokers, how they have all of their companies now. Um, the for our audience, just stay tuned for uh, the BJ Kramer TikTok coming soon. I will be doing dances on the reg, as the kids say these days. Yeah. Um, Everyone like knows that you have to find a niche in the market. And then I think once you kind of put that online, you figure out that more people are like you than you thought, which is why they're more more successful. So, oh, man, there's so much to that we could go in so many directions. All right. Anyone born between 1981 and 1996 is a millennial. So I was born in 82. That's right, everybody. I turned 40 this year in 2022, uh, five months and counting. Um, so I guess anybody born after that, 1997 and forward, falls into the Gen Z. Uh, forgive us. We were not – I was not planning on talking about this. But I'm, I read uh, – let me, let me back up a little bit. I read an article today about different categories of employees, and it was all based on what people want out of their work environment. I think it's this this cross between probably personality types to the individual and also generational um, different differences like we're talking about. And this whole the whole conversation was in response to the great resignation. Um, and the great resignation, if you don't know, Emma is basically, and I think it's more for the millennial generation, uh, you graduated in COVID. You were, I remember you were abroad studying abroad when COVID hit, um, two years ago this month. Uh, but a lot of people that were working, the millennial population that was working during COVID realized all of a sudden, like started asking themselves questions about their work. And it was no longer this transactional relationship. Uh, and people started thinking more about what they wanted out of, you know, their work-life balance. Was it more money? Was it more flexibility? Was it just stability for the job? Uh, so all of that thinking, and, and as you know, I have three kids, uh, folks in my situation that are trying to run businesses or like, um, Ashley, who you just recently worked for, who are trying to build businesses while managing a family, while, you know, having to pivot from COVID from a business standpoint. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about this 
uh, great resignation, or I, I really think it's a great evaluation. People are re-evaluating their, their priorities and their lives and their goals. Uh, so tell me what you are looking at coming out of graduating during COVID, coming into the work environment, uh, and just starting to get your first work experiences. What is on your mind? Um, so I've actually learned a lot through my management classes because they kind of teach you the two different standpoints of like employer employee mindset and how employees, you know, don't really have a lot of loyalty to their companies now. So it's almost in like the employee's hands to kind of like tell their employer what they want. And as we were kind of like redesigning your new office, I've done some more research on like what people want. And then it's kind of sparked in my mind, like you said, like, what do I want from a company? And I know that everyone's going to be different on it. But ultimately for me, I want a company that I can grow within. That's something that's important to me. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be within that company, but I really like growth opportunities, learning opportunities. So I like people above me. I also like the flexibility in my schedule for my past job. I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule um, in the way where I could kind of move it around. It was seven days a week, which was good and bad. So like I could have some weekends off and um, I had a lot more freedom to like travel, see friends, that kind of thing. But now as I kind of get into like the quote unquote grown up or adult world, I want or that's something I'm kind of looking for, that same flexibility. But also, like, I know myself that I can't have too much flexibility. So, like, maybe two days off at home or, like, that kind of thing because I still need that human interaction. And I also kind of need people to be, like, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. I was going to say, like, kind of check on me, but I don't like that. I think it's more so, like, that camaraderie you build with people your own age. I think that's like probably the two or three biggest ones is like other people my age. So it's like friendships, that kind of thing, um, growing within the company and learning a lot. And then also having like flexibility within my schedule. So what does that flexibility within your schedule mean? So, I mean, and I'm going to challenge you here because you said you understand employer employee mindsets. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what employers need. Yeah. What does flexibility, because it's, I mean, the standard work work week is. Say that again. The work from home option or possibility. Because like not a lot of jobs are providing that still. Okay. So now on the employer side, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge everybody out there uh, that's listening because I've seen some of you, right? I've seen you quote working from home, starting up your side hustle, mowing your lawn, taking your, you know, taking your uh, conference calls while you're watching the kids at the playground. And I'm all for creating a culture and a workplace that's flexible. But at the end of the day, I also want to know that people are earning their paycheck and creating the value inside the company. And I hate, I hate the idea of the 40 hour work week, but somebody at some point in time decided to make that the standard. So 
I think flexibility comes in, you know, not being tied to nine to five, but there still needs to be an even exchange of value created and work produced for me, the employer, by you, the employee, in what I call a partnership, right? Any employment engagement is a partnership at the end of the day. I owe you some things, and you talked about camaraderie and culture and people above you that you can learn and growth opportunities. So I owe you all of that. You owe me what? Because the standard work week used to be you owe me 40 hours a week. What do you think you owe to the employer? I think it's the same. But when I say flexibility, I remember we were talking one time about how you're having this new initiative where I think you give a stipend or like a refund to all of your employees um, with gym memberships. So like a flexibility, quote unquote, for me is something I like to do is like, I like to wake up earlier. I'm learning this. I know that you're like, you don't wake up early, but I like to wake up earlier, get my stuff done. And then, you know, like I like to work out on my breaks. Like I'm not going to be really out there mowing my lawn, but <laughs> I think the flexibility is in like the time of day that you work. And I've, read some articles on this and I've kind of like seen it with my family. Like I personally know I work better in like the morning and at night. So like probably like seven to noon or like five to eight are like my optimum hours for just crushing work. You know, when you're like not distracted, you're just like in your focus. Obviously there's like meetings and stuff that you have to attend. So like you can't do that all the time. Um, but that's like kind of what I mean by flexibility is just being able to work when you work best. Ladies so- and gentlemen, you're, you're, you're right now you're listening to a Gen Zer manage expectations of a millennial that lives next door to me because she knows I work from home. So she wants me to, she wants me to know that when she's working out at 9am, she got some work done from 7am, uh, 7am till 9am. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I also still do like emails when I'm on the treadmill. Like I think that's the whole, like with my previous job, I was working all the time. So now I know that I can work all the time and you can do a lot with your phone. You know, like you send emails, I think with marketing and social media marketing too. It's a lot about like discovering other people and like what they're doing, what content they're generating, reading articles. So like if I'm just reading articles all day on how to like maximize my content on social media, like I could do that all from my phone as I'm running, you know? So reading articles is professional development, but it's not always work. Right. And, and I, I encourage people to be life learners, but I still think that there's and and I'm going to ask you to help me with a challenge. Um, I still think that there's a balance here that needs to be had to figure out what, what is the right hybrid approach? How much flexibility can you have? Because the other thing that, uh, I'm seeing, and this is the challenge I'm seeing with junior employees is because it's a lot of people's first work environment, they don't have a standard to understand. So being too flexible almost enables some bad behavior. And uh, I'm not saying it's human nature to get away with what you can get away with, but 
it, you can get easily distracted if you don't have a supervisor nearby to help refocus you or to answer a question or to throw your hands up and say, you know what? Uh, nobody told me what else I had to do today and it's noon and nobody asked me for anything. So I'm going to cut out of work. But me as the employer, I, I don't know that person's available and I might have 17 things on my to-do list that they could be doing for us. And I just don't know that they have capacity. So there's this balance of like communication and availability. And I also don't want to be an employer that's bugging everybody at all hours of the day or the weekend, because I, I also believe in being able to shut it off and compartmentalizing work. Um, so what are your thoughts and what are your pure thoughts when you guys talk about this on those topics? I mean, I totally agree with you. I think as an employer, right answer as a, again, right answer. She's negotiating this position right now. Um, I almost had that employer quote unquote mindset because I had people working under me at my previous job. So you always kind of think like you have that old mindset of like, if I was this employee, like I could do my homework during this time. I could not get done the list of things that they asked me to do. And then you have that employer and like you come in on Monday and you expect something to be done over the weekend. And you're like, come on, like now I have 50 more things to do. Um, and I've seen it firsthand with my friends. Like one of my friends had a remote job where she kind of like did customer service and like she would take her computer with her because we all had like hotspots on my on our phones and like we could work from anywhere in this like new generation. And like we would be driving in the car and she'd be like doing customer service calls. So I understand from the employer, like you obviously don't want that from your employees. So there definitely has to be guidelines put in place. Um, so I think a way to do it is almost give everyone like a set number of days each month or each quarter where they can pick to work from home. And, um, then you can kind of like distribute it throughout your week, you know, based off of like how much time you have available. And also like the management has to oversee it a little bit to be like this person's working from home every Friday in the summer. So it's like, come on, like you have to give a little to get a little. I think that's what some people in my generation don't understand. So say you have like 10 days in a quarter or a month, however, um, depending on your like office staff availability and capacity to say like you can work from home, kind of pick it at your will and try it out for a quarter and see how your employees do. That would definitely be like my piece of advice. You don't want to yeah. too much people too much freedom. I totally agree with you. Well, I, I actually, I mean, so we talk a lot about hiring processes and getting the right people. I actually do want to give everybody the flexibility. I just want to make sure that we're giving them the resources they need to be productive and different people require different types of work and different types of environments and different types of management. I know for me, if I'm working from home on the right day of the week, and wake up at four o'clock in the morning, come home from the gym at five o'clock or at six o'clock. And like, nobody's bugging me and I go right to work. I I'm with you. I'm, I'm in that like creative window where everything's flowing and I just got, you know, the coffee's hitting just right. If you will. Um, there's other times when I'm working from home and my kids are screaming and I'm not getting anything done. And I'm trying to say shh, 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 in the background while I'm on a meeting 
And then there's other times where I'm working from home and I hear the dryer buzzer go off or the dishwasher buzzer go off. And I'm like, man, I could really, maybe I could take this conference call while I empty out the dishwasher to be a helpful husband. And I know that I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not as productive in that conversation as I would be if I was sitting behind a computer. There's other times I'm driving and I'm taking a conference call and I'm super productive because I have nothing else distracting me. Mm-hmm. So there's different environments for different types of work and, and people I, too. And, and different people. And I, I'm realizing that, and we're, and we're going to get to this next, that I have to go where the people are. So we're going to talk about social media because the Gen Zers are on TikTok. The Gen Zers are not likely as engaged on LinkedIn as they are on Instagram. Um, so we've got to conquer that. But, but the other is I, I need to be a place that's attracting young people. And uh, I, I really do believe in all of you old school folks that think these conversations are crazy. It's, it's the reality of the world that we live in, um, that the employer no longer has, quote, the power. To Emma's point, there are TikTokers and influencers and stuff saying, I can go, I can go work for myself and make 75,000 bucks on YouTube, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to trade my, my flexibility and my optionality for, for being chained to a desk. Um, that doesn't work for me. So as much as we can push back on it and say, like, our industry is not going to change. I'm, I'm a believer that we have to change with the times, which is why is actually being engaged so um the discover part or the the navigate part of our conversation is she's going to help me navigate this new world of social media uh for those of you know me obviously podcast kind of falls into social we've got an email blast that goes on regularly um that is now synonymous with the podcast the inspiring people in places podcast the inspiring people in places email um and we are going to start trying to figure out the, the world of Instagram and maybe even TikTok because, as everybody knows, I have a heart for veterans. And I also see veterans transitioning from the military as a blue ocean strategy for us to acquire the right type of talent and the right type of leadership to fill what are pretty obvious um, gaps in the labor demand in the infrastructure and construction and engineering industries. So Emma, talk to us about what social media is, what it's got to be used for, how we got to go about it. And, uh, all the, all the things. Totally. So social media, I think encompasses a lot more and there's a lot more to it than what people think. So like you said, your podcast falls into it, your email newsletter, and then there's all of the platforms too. So there's like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, I think uh, what's Reddit, that could be like considered social media. And then also for all of these individual platforms with people I don't 
maybe not all people realize is that um, there's like human nature and people are geared towards them at different times of the day. So now there's trends for all of them. So like what bigger companies and people that are like building brands do is they create post schedules and then they put the content that they produced um, online and then other things that they're doing that also becomes content. So then it's kind of like your way of showing people through social media what you're doing. So like Beach, how you say that your newsletter each week is like having a cup of coffee with all of your um, networking people. All the recipients, yeah. Yeah. Our, our mailing list. That's kind of what social media is. It's just more of a presence continuously. So right now we've created a LinkedIn post schedule and we're also tightening up our brand image. So before um, for all of our different platforms and different businesses, they each had their own thing. And now we're kind of mushing everything together for the better, better lack of the word to be under inspiring people in places because the change that we want to put into place in the ANC industry is what MCFA is producing, but it's applicable to all. So I think that's one of the things that people don't realize is it's not just something for us, it's for like all of our competitors too, to put into place. So everyone in the industry kind of gets caught up with the times and no one really falls behind um, so we're doing that through social media. And then we also have BJ's individual platforms of things that he's passionate about that we're going to build upon too. So right now we kind of focused on LinkedIn because he has the biggest presence on there. Um, so you always want to focus where you're most impactful. And then we created a post schedule for him. And the next we're going to go to Instagram because there are two target markets, which is every something that every company should have in marketing. It's kind of like who you want to appeal to and you can go like really deep into it. Like you can even go down to someone's like height, hair color, like fashion sense, but we're kind of keeping it general. We have two main target markets and demographics of people like attracting new talent at town. So it's like the Gen Zers. And then we also have the other target market of obviously kind of like attracting new projects for our company. So the idea is if we're showing everyone through these platforms what we're doing, people are going to want to work for us. And then they're going to also want to work with us and they're going to want to have us fulfill their projects. Um, So we're going to Instagram next because LinkedIn is a platform that's obviously more businessy. Everyone kind of checks it during like their lunch breaks or early in the morning when they're checking their schedules for work. And then we're also going to go to Instagram and TikTok, hopefully, um, where the Gen Zers kind of are. And then after that, we're just kind of like going to see, you know, you always have to like look out for the new apps on the horizon. There is that one clubhouse. Um so you have to have that delicate balance of being like a new entrant slash early adopter because things can fall and flop super quickly. Like a lot of people I think thought TikTok was going to and Clubhouse was going to skyrocket, but it was the opposite. Um, TikTok kind of skyrocketed. So you always have to be kind of like unaware of the trend. So you have to even just think about it personally. Like I know nothing really about this industry so I'm kind of giving 
and BJ knows a ton. I'm giving him that outside viewpoint of what people my age are doing. I'm almost like the like behind the scenes man. So he can then go there or we can go there and then he can kind of skyrocket from there. Like we were even talking about attracting new talent and going to work fairs. And I said, I was like, if you go, someone my age who's an engineer about to graduate college is not going to come up to you because they're going to be intimidated by you. But if you have someone my age going to these work events, then they're going to be like, oh, this is kind of a cool company, A, who's really trusted to go to these events. It's cool that they're like given this much kind of freedom, trust, and power. And then also like I'm going to be more willing to talk to someone my age than an adult because even though I like hate to say it, a lot of people my age, because we grew up with um, the internet, like I think I'm the same age as Google or I'm one year older or younger, we're constantly like on our phones. So if you have to break that barrier and actually talk to someone and have human interaction, then it's going to be more likely that I do it with someone my age than like this guy who's the CEO of this company, super successful. You're going to be like, oh my God. Why is he going to talk to me? You know, like you have a little bit of self-doubt, but if you see like Joe Schmo over here, then you're like, oh, I can talk to you. And then you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, that that covers a lot. I I want to go back to – I'm trying to break this down for the, for the audience because I, I, I was in meetings um, two weeks ago with a lot of transitioning – colonels from the military. So 06s, um, colonels in the Air Force and the Army uh, and captains in the Navy. And that's that's kind of the standard person coming into the industry at, at a more senior level. And the industry is made up of a lot of um, gray-haired folks. The word I, I heard a number of times was we sounded like a pretty dynamic and bleeding edge company in a, an other words, stodgy industry. So I think everybody can recognize that there's some stodginess to our industry. Um, and we need to change that. So that's one MCFA is attempting to do that Two, you have to adopt. And it's, it's hard to adopt to things that are not, easily easily identified as high ROI, um, meaning that you're going to invest time and money into something and you don't know what the what the return on that investment is. And it's a significant investment to to go after this social media world because there are so many platforms and you have to diversify yourself and you have to have targets and you have to have a, a whole bunch of stuff that goes with it. But I equate Instagram, we'll, we'll go to Instagram, but let's put Instagram and TikTok together to what having a web presence in 2002 was, right? If you didn't have a website, you weren't a real company. Mm-hmm. And I started, I, I started a lot of this outbound business development or mass emailing, mass marketing because of COVID. Um, my way of networking was to meet and greet people and walk halls of clients and, and go to conferences and COVID shut everything down. So 
of sitting in my office and saying like, uh, what can we do? Why don't we start an email blast? Knowing at the time that like email is a hard thing to get people's attention with because they have to stop. They have to open it. You have to get through their junk and their spam and you have to get their attention. And so we realized we were competing with a whole bunch of other email. I know my own personal email can become a filing cabinet of just stuff. So we continue to do it, but we have to evolve. So then we evolved and said, I love podcasts. I love learning. I love meeting new people and I love talking. Uh, let's get me out there talking with industry professionals from, from the industry that we can learn from mentors of mine, thought leaders in the industry. Uh, and that's, that's where the podcast come, came from. And now the next evolution of that is all of these platforms are distribution mechanisms for the content we're creating. So when I write an article or blend some thoughts together in an email that goes out on something going on in the industry or a different way to look at projects or something, you know, different perspectives, we can be pulling that apart and finding different ways to get that out to more people. And that happens through the social media and, uh, mechanisms. So that's, that's our reason for doing that. And Emma is going to be our guru for helping us. So make sure to connect with her on LinkedIn. And we're going to move to the rapid fire question stage of Wait, the discussion. Can I say one more thing about that. Of course. I think it's important for you to also analyze your engagement level. So it's how many people, like you can just Google and how to calculate engagement are actually engaging with your content. It means like looking at it, liking it, commenting on it. So you can tailor what you're posting and producing to what they like. So it just kind of builds a bigger, bigger presence um, and makes you more connected with your audience. And I think that's something that people should do like every month, every quarter, that kind of thing to make sure that you're not wasting your time essentially. That tip is for free, everybody. No more, free, no more free consulting from us, though. Um, free. All right, acceleration. Mm -hmm. Every generation gets criticized for not being as up to date or understanding current events or understanding what's going on in the world. Um, but our first question is: current events, public policy, or issue going on in society that you are actively involved in? Well, I probably fall into that category of someone who's not up to date with it. I think right now, obviously, what's on everyone's mind is kind of the Russia-Ukraine crisis, how that's kind of going to progress. I've learned a lot of it. I'm going to say I should be more educated on it um, because I don't know a lot, but I've learned a lot of it through social media and kind of the platforms that I already follow. And I've um, learned about, you know, like different donating opportunities and things posted from people who have visited the country that I know. Um, but I really don't know much. And that's probably the thing that I know the most about, which is bad current event wise. Are the Olympics? No, no, no. The Olympics aren't still going on. Give her a break, people. She's been she's been heads down working hard. 
Yeah, I know a lot right. about like fashion trends. Ask me anything about that. <laughs> uh, that's that is. Let's go. Oh, really? Easy. Yeah, anything matters here. Oh, so it's just what's fashion. something everybody should know about. Well, it's just Fashion Week in New York. Um, so a lot of people are kind of talking about the latest trends and colors that people are going to be wearing. The COVID obviously had a huge impact on all of our lives. So one of the impacts in particular on the fashion industry was the emphasis on kind of like loungewear and comfortable workwear. So um, a lot of people, you're going to see the new designers kind of tailoring their collections to be quote unquote more comfortable for people to wear. So they have a bigger um, kind of like ROI on their time and their collections. And then I think that also the other big push is what you're seeing like who's on the runway so kind of like plus size fashion if you're including that or not if you included it in years past and why aren't you including it now that whole thing and I think that it's kind of really being analyzed because now it's the Milan fashion week or that might have just ended um so it's just kind of seeing like Obviously, there's that whole push on American designers to include other collections based off like the average American consumer and their stats. But now it's kind of um, reaching out to the world and saying like everyone should kind of include more sizes. Um, you want to include like body positivity things. You want to because the media does have a huge impact on our young generations. Um, or actually all generations, but you want to include things and people that look like you. Emily and Paris move over. We got Emma and Haddonfield here, everybody. Right. Uh, and all of you guys out there listening, act like you didn't watch Emily in Paris. I know that you did <laughs> because I did. <laughs> all right. Favorite quote and why, Emma? I just got a new favorite quote. It's proceed as if everything was already laid out. So it's kind of talking and it's by someone unknown. Someone gave it to me as a graduation card. Um, so it was just, it was actually my aunt who is very much like a free spirit, does her own thing. So she was kind of telling me as you enter the workforce, just go where you're passionate. And if you're gonna like do something different, that's totally fine. Don't like succumb to the societal pressures of feeling you have like you have to like stay at a company for a year before you go somewhere else or um all those like different little things that I think older generations kind of stick to, like how to build your resume. You should like be informal or formal in your cover letters. Like I think I've just taken a lot from that quote and I've applied it to a lot of different situations and I've learned to just like live my life because um no one else is gonna live it so like I might as well have fun and like whatever I do and whatever happens happens you know YOLO YOLO yeah it's like the 2022 version of YOLO all right most gifted book and if you're not gifting books yet you will be what's the best book you ever received Um, there's like, not many people actually give me books. Someone for high school graduation gave me the, you should make your bed every day book, but I never oh, good read one. it. <laughs> so, you never read it. No. Um, See, everybody, this is, this is why you have to be on TikTok and Instagram. They're not reading books. They're not reading our emails. They're not, they're not listening to what we're saying. They're 
They're watching what we do on TikTok. So put a dance together yeah. to get in touch with uh, the Gen Zers. There is All right. one Dr. Seuss book, though, that everyone gets. Like, the places you'll go. That's yeah. probably my most gifted book because our principal gives it out to us every year. Ah. All right. Dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be and what would you do? I don't know. Maybe, like, Kim Kardashian. Um just because she's like built all these brands and she was so looked over in all of her industries and now she's like a boss. So probably her. Um, Beach, I'd hang out with you for a day. I think I'd learn something. And maybe like my mama nun because I just like to spend time with her and you know, you always learn like crazy stories. What we would do, I have no idea. It'd probably just be if it was all three people at once, my mom and I'm roasting everyone. So us eating Italian food and laughing. All right. I've got a last question for you. And I'm gonna put you on the mm-hmm. spot. You're not from our industry, but if you could get one person on our podcast from across the country, reach guest. Who would it be that you and I would co-interview on the Inspiring People and Places podcast? I don't know anyone in the industry. I, it doesn't have to be in the industry. That's what I'm saying. Who's who's? Uh, are we gonna get try and get Kim Kardashian on? She'd love us. I think so too. Anyone in the industry? I think you would just love if we had Gary V. Gary V. I do love Gary yeah. V. We're getting so Gary Kim V. Kim Gary V. We'll get Kim you. Kardashian and and I just looked her up. We're getting Lily Co- Lily Collins, who is the actress that played Emily in Paris. We're gonna get her on the show. Are you kidding? I I'm giving that to you oh, as wow. a, as everybody's oh, listening right now. Okay. They just heard me task this to you. So everybody, if we get Emily Cooper. From the show Emily in Paris, also known as Lily Collins, on the show, Emma Siciano will get, uh, I don't know, some kind of bonus. Cool. I'll DM her right now. All right. Well, she's a fictional character. So she's what? Good luck to me. She's a fictional character. She can get into character for our podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. She'll love yeah. interacting with us. All right. <laughs> Is there anything you want to leave the industry with before we go? As a young, up-and-coming social media fashion yeah. fashionista, what do you want to tell the industry? To talk openly and honestly with your employees and have a good dialogue so you don't lose people. And instead, you enhance who you already have. So just be open with them. Awesome. Ask your people what they want to become and then go help them do it. That's what we do at MCFA. Uh, or at least we're trying to. All right. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. 
if you're going to check email. If not, go to the socials because Emma's got us everywhere. Instagram, LinkedIn, and coming soon, TikTok. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, great week, and stay inspired.